you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. You have no idea how I literally feel right now. Uh, you probably can hear it. I sound a little congested, but uh, yeah, your girl is uh, not feeling well. And instead of doing the most obvious thing, which is wait until you feel better, and then go ahead and, you know, start the conversations again later. I wanted to, in my very own fashion, cease this moment to just kind of say lie, make a little remembrance, if you will. And I know you're probably like, what are you talking about? So I'm going to go ahead and let you a little bit into my business, okay? And I'm hoping that um, once I do, I don't have my business on the streets. Okay. So there's no easy way to say it outside of saying that your girl caught COVID. Listen, right, that's my face too, okay? Uh... Don't know how, where, what. I could try to pinpoint some stuff. I know that a week or two ago, my son had something happen to his hand. I had to take him to the ER to go get that looked at. The ER then a couple of days later referred us to for him to go get a cast. Uh, I know that my husband was showing some signs of some, some cootieage. Okay. Uh, I nursed him back to health within 24 hours. Was doing... The, the Lord's good work in these um blue and green streets. And then went out to go handle some business because we're in the process of, you know, the house thing and all of that. And by the time that I came back home, I was like, something is weird. Okay. Uh, that was a Saturday, Sunday down for the count. Um, Monday, Tuesday. Finally, I was like, Bro, okay, so the only indicator that like, yeah, something is off more than it being, you know, than, than normal was that I couldn't break a fever. And so fast forward into all of that, uh, I finally went to the doctor. She swapped me for the flu because I just knew it was a flu. The body aches, all that. I was like, yeah, this is what it is. Uh, they have something they can find out on the spot. She was like, oh, oh, no, ma'am, that's not it. I was like, which... You said no, ma'am? Mm, no, ma'am. Okay. Uh, but the way that I'm feeling, <laughs> according to my uh, internal clock, something's off. So we went ahead. We swabbed. The next day she called. She's like, hey, to be the bearer of bad news. And um, she let me know that I got that 2021 package. And I was like, how do I send this back to the uh, uh, sender? Because I'm not interested. But I tell you what. If you know anything about me, you know that I am going to pull a lesson from almost anything. And I said, I understood from my, one of our last conversations that everything happens for your good, right? I do understand that things happen to distract, to try to derail, to try to discourage. But I had to really try to understand what's something that I can take from this to make this a fruitful seed situation from my life. And the one thing that kept ringing true was things cannot continue to be the same. I honestly believe that a portion of what was supposed to happen in the 
beginning of the pandemic was you were supposed to realize how you were operating wasn't healthy. The time that you spend away from your family and friends, the things that you say is important, but you put everything else in front of it because you're either making a living, you're chasing a dollar, whatever the case may be. I feel like God had to shut the world down just a little bit to show, hey, uh, that's not a healthy pattern that you guys are working out. And I think for the most part, we got it. We were like, you know what? Okay, we're going to do something different, or at least that's the senses that I was getting. But I think I got the sequel when this isolated incident happened to me. I was on my way literally getting up on, I think, the third day of, of not feeling well. And I picked up my work clothes, and I was going to go to work because that's what you do and that's how I was raised I was raised from a generation and a mother that was like you miss work never okay uh you my mother was getting chemo treatments and going back to work and I don't know if that was because of fear of job security or if that was just hey you know it's just it really is beneficial to be a hard worker but I literally told myself, I'm going to go to the store. This is before I knew that what my test results were or before I got swabbed. I said, I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to pick up a few vitamin C situations, and then I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to work. I'll just have, and I had it all visualized. I was like, I'll just have, you know, an assortment of different drinks that I can have. Literally, as I'm trying to stagger to catch my breath in the bathroom, so I finally wound up just sitting down, and I was like, yo, let me text my boss that I don't feel well. Like, I, what should I do? She was like, I think you should go to the doctor. And so that's what led to me finally getting my diagnosis. But I had to sit back and reflect, where did you learn to push yourself like that? Where did you learn that despite how I feel, I'm going to push myself? That you literally have something in, in occurring inside of you that is literally uh some people have passed from okay they've expired and here you are thinking just a few vitamin c drinks from the grocery store as long as i can get to the desk i should be okay and that made me feel some kind of way no i i i want to unlearn that what is the award for being an extremely hard worker to the point that you're pushing your body to to be a no-limit soldier what is the reward for that and for the first time in my life I didn't want to be that form of a high achiever I don't want to be the person that regardless of what's going on with me internally some external establishment can depend on me I don't want you depending on me because guess what? I have children that depend on me. I have a husband who depends on me. I have my um my own goals, okay, that is depending on me and all the things that God's putting together. And it bothered me because I think in even with people wanting to be you know, considerate and e all the above, people are still wired to try to see how much they can get from you. So as I'm discussing with my boss, like, hey, I can't make it, okay? 
um, sounding like somebody's Barry White when I called her. She was like, okay, um, you know, rest today and then let me know if you can work from home. I'm sorry? Okay. Now, in any other event, I wouldn't have taken any offense to that. I wouldn't even given it a second look. It just would have been like, okay, I'll let you know. Until I'm like, hold on. I've been there almost a year, right? Never missed a day off, never even been late. If I'm saying I can't come in, that is not a new opportunity presented to you to figure out how you can get me to be productive. Because then in the same conversation, in no disrespect or anything to my boss, but it was when it was time to figure out how my time was going to be covered, that wasn't as clear as, oh, but you can work from home. That bothered me. It bothered me that the same establishment that is texting me throughout the day, hey, how are you doing, how are you feeling, was also able to say, whew, we are not doing good without you, Um, was also able to say, but also can you do some work from home? So I wanted to have this conversation in the midst of to remind myself that things can't continue to go on the way that they have, that things cannot continue to flow in a way where you are being exhausted and pulled and utilized in every direction humanly possible. But when it comes back, to you needing at least a fourth of that in support or understanding or anything else, it seems really skewed. It seems really, I needed you more than what you're actually doing. Now, granted, I got the, hey, if you need anything, let me know. I got all of that. But I think what happens is there's a pressure behind the corporate world that says we can't afford for someone not to sit in the seat. And I think the pushback should be, then I can't afford to sit in that seat. I hate to say it, but like I literally tried to go ahead and put the computer in my lap and the exhaustion that I felt, it was like, for what? Your pay doesn't increase. There's no additional incentives. Your family doesn't benefit from it additionally in any kind of capacity. So why is it that you're getting ready to work yourself to the wire? That doesn't make any sense to me. And so I just said, you know what? I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm done with hearing the inner alarms in myself, hearing that something is off within my own mechanics, and trying to hush the inner alarms of myself to meet the deadlines or the expectations of anything else external. I'm done. If I am sleepy, I am taking a nap, okay? I'm going to sleep. If something doesn't feel good, I am going to nurse it. If something feels off, then we are going to address it. No longer do I want to operate in the vein of, do you not realize that there's only one you and everyone is pulling from the source of you? That is not fair. It is not fair 
Not that everyone is pulling from you, but that you're allowing that and that you are not addressing the things that need to be addressed in you because no one else can confirm, oh, she doesn't feel good but me. No one else is going to be able to confirm, hmm, she doesn't feel like she's getting, fill in a blank. She's not getting the love that she desires. She's not getting the attention that she desires. She's not being as considered as she would like. Whatever it is, no one has the thermostat to that but me. And but you. And so then how dare you go ahead and then say shh and try to hush and camouflage and hide the only thermostat that matters. Let me explain something to you. Me not answering some emails. Y'all can have a nice day. I ain't going to hold you. I am the hardest worker that I ever met. But there's no reward for that. What's the trophy for that? To say, yay, I have all this time saved up that by the time that you do need the time, they're like, oh, can, can you do a little bit of that from home? Like, what's the reward for that? There is none. And I, I want to grab myself and get my own attention and say, so it's going to stop with you. I don't want to be the extra hardworking black woman who keeps going, going, going. I don't want, for what? Like, this is the most legit reason to be out of work. Bruh, you got the cooties, okay? The 2021, 2022, two, the cooties, okay? You didn't say, um, my eyelashes is uneven, my nails aren't done, my hair, mm-mm, because the way that my split ends is working out. You, you didn't use anything cosmetic, or, or anything that would have looked like, really? That is really... You called out a word because you needed your car wash and you didn't want to pull up beside. Like, it was nothing that was superficial. This is literally something that people were not making it from. Okay? You remember self? Where they was making parks, uh, makeshift uh, funeral or morgues? You remember when there can only be a certain amount of people at a funeral because even the dead caucuses was going ahead and letting out whatever it was letting out so it didn't want a whole bunch of people there? Like, how much more serious does something need to be for you to say, you know what, I'm going to allow myself the moment to heal, to catch my breath, to go ahead and say, you know what, any other time I will push through, I'm not doing that. And it's amazing that certain things like this happen at times that is really, really inconvenient, right? Because I'm in grad school, so she has all the papers to write. I have a family. I am the cook of the family. Um, When mom is not feeling the best, I can look around the house and go, okay, so we we done decided to skip a few uh, clean days. Okay, so that's happening. You know, laundry, there's some stuff being done. And granted, my family stepped up to the plate. God bless them. On on, on a different dime than I'm used to. You know, we're going to have to order out and things like that. And that's fine. But I no longer want to be that woman. I don't, I no longer want to be that woman. For what? For what? Life is so fleeting. Life is so tender and delicate and all the things. And then here you are pushing your one body frame to the limit 
for who, for what? I don't want to do it anymore. And the crazy thing is that I feel like even if your situation is not the whole COVID thing, right, which I pray it's not for anybody because this sucks, okay? I think I'm on the tail end of this. What I'm feeling is like a whole bunch of dizziness and, you know, cold but hot at the same time. It's like super weird. I don't know what's going on with that. But, I mean, it's I have a lot that I produce or that I am responsible for. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a worker. I have these conversations with you. I am in grad school. Uh, we are in the middle of signing our contracts and putting on the final touches and all of that for actually we signed our contract today for a house that we're building. And so life doesn't stop. And while we're not looking to be pacified, we're, oh, you know, slow down for me. We do need to... S- steal and take advantage of the corner pockets of okay this is a breather bubble so I need to go ahead and rest in that push yourself for what I wish I would have tried to push myself to go to work I think that probably would have slapped me in the face in a different kind of slap I ain't gonna hold you I ain't gonna hold you at the end of it all all you have left is what matters to you what matters to you And as much as you love people and even love your job and love all the things, what matters to you is going to be the one thing that I want you to say, I was present and I represented for that. And I was thinking of all the different ways that I can kind of make this make sense or pull it back to the Bible. And just because of the way that I was feeling, I said, I want to go ahead and kind of revisit how Jesus felt in the garden of Gethsemane, right? So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to just read from Matthew 26. And mm, let's see, let's go ahead and start from chapter 36 or verse 36. So Matthew 26, verse 36, you know, I read in the NLT. It says, then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I'll go over there to pray. Okay, that seems fair enough. 37. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. 38. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Okay, seems fair enough. 39. He went on a little further and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. 40. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? 41. Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to the temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. (laughs) I want to stop there because here was my thing. Jesus never really asked for much, right? We can trace the Bible back and front and know that he never asked anyone for much. 
even in this segment here. He's just asking you to go over there so he can go over here and pray. That's it. And that, that didn't take too much from you. Then he went ahead and said, okay, listen, um, he was a little bit more vulnerable. My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. All you had to do out of everything that Jesus ever gave, out of every way that Jesus extended himself, all you had to do was keep watch with him. And so I understand then coming back to Peter and saying, you couldn't even watch with me even one hour, like even an hour, bruh. Like y'all couldn't have even said, mm, you're not feeling good um, out of the almost year that you've been here. I know we can't afford it, but take a week because you missing a week of work is better than you missing work permanently because we know some people who didn't make it from this situation. Something about when you are in a place of now I finally need someone sheds a whole different light on how people receive you. It's like, you know, again, not to talk bad about anybody's grandbaby, but it does make you feel some kind of way that you're like, so when I need you, a minuscule amount of how you needed me, you, you don't show up the same. And I think the trick of that is not to feel, uh, to start despising people or getting angry at people. Because it's so easy to feel like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to take care of me and mine, forget everything else. It's not the and you can go into this real defense mechanism shell, right? And you can make it where you're like, you know what, you can forget it because I'm over it. And, and every time I need somebody, somebody in it. And you can build the case, and I'm talking about you would win. It would be unanimous on how, yep, your case, guilty. Everybody else, you innocent. And you would definitely get that particular feedback, but... The trick of the matter is to go ahead and see, and this is why I do what I do, to go back and say Jesus felt the same thing. People, there's nothing new under the sun. It says it in Ecclesiastics, right? And we can literally see, man, you know, I even want to try to believe that if I was there present and Jesus asked me to stay awake, that I would have went ahead and, you know, at least gave him the good 60, 60 minutes that he was asking for. But you never know. And so we have to stop looking at certain things like maybe it's a heart condition. Like, man, you know, is that how y'all feel about me? Like, I would have gave you, he gave y'all years. You couldn't give him an hour? I would have gave, you know, if I was there with Jesus, I would have gave. And you can say all the things, but maybe it's not a heart condition. Maybe the way that you push yourself through situations and external environments, people are not prone to doing it that way. Have you ever thought that maybe the way that you push yourself is alien? Just maybe. Because I refuse to believe that Peter was like, I'm not giving Jesus nobody's hour. You can have a nice day. I'm going to bed. But I also believe that Peter saw uh, listen, it's, it's nighttime. Okay. It's dark. This is the ample, uh, spread out for me to go ahead and go to sleep. And so if my body's tired, my body's tired. I'm going to bed. Yeah. But what does the overachiever do? 
nope, let me go ahead and stand up. I would have jumped up, did some push-ups or, you know, some jumping jacks or something to get the blood circulating. Like, okay, let me just go ahead and start singing a song or something. Jesus, real talk. Okay, so I know you wanted me to sit here while you over there, but I got to do something because I'm tired. And so that's what people who push themselves to the, you know, whatever the limit is, that's what it looks like to push yourself. But can I, can I say that I look at Peter differently now? Um, I, I look at people differently now. People don't push themselves if it's not convenient. So then why is it that we do it for our, to ourselves and it's never convenient? It's never convenient. I don't know who taught us that. I don't know. You know granted, you know, when, when my babies were young, yeah, I had to get up and push through sleepiness because they were crying because they either were hungry and they need their diaper change or something to that effect. Yeah, you know what? I know you're not feeling the best, but groceries got to get picked up. And I think in some regard, yes, there is a push through that, that is necessary, but never for no establishment. Like I had to literally sit there and ask myself, so when you push yourself, do they add more to your paycheck? Okay, do they give you a different set of accolades? What's the payout for pushing yourself to that extent? Nothing. Except that your workload is a little bit lighter for that day. But your workload is already outrageous. So now what? You see what I'm saying? It's almost like it's an endless cycle of like, so when does this end? And so I didn't come on the phone to go ahead and be this bearer of bad news and you know, we're going to just forget people and all of that. But in the way that I feel right now, something needs to change. And the change, even though cliche, is going to start with me. I no longer, and whenever I make a declaration, I'm very serious about it. I'm no longer pushing myself to the extent of pushtivity. Okay? It's a word now. I'm no longer pushing myself where I'm left with the pieces of trying to mend my so you push yourself you mend yourself and then you can't even recognize yourself after that no I'm not doing it sometimes you need to have the any means necessary I don't care how it looks however long it takes whatever it is but you have one you you have one shell You are a spirit being going through a human being experience and you have one shell. You don't get to change sleeves like the way you probably saw on certain TV shows. You get one of these things. Cater to yourself. Start catering to yourself. And everybody else has to follow suit. Probably the only reason why people are used to Asking and requesting and having their hand out is because A, someone before you taught them that, or B, you haven't reintroduced a new way of doing something. So, new sheriff in town, when I do get back to work, I'm not working at a level that is ridiculous. I'm going to work a breathable pace. I said it time and time again, I don't work in the ER. So the pace should not be fast, fast, hurry up, fast, fast, hurry up, because that is not healthy. I will be on time. I will leave on time. 
I'm going to take my lunch breaks when I'm supposed to take my lunch breaks. But I am no longer pushing my needs and my well-being to the side for something that doesn't let up. I can see if you had a project and it was just like, listen, this week is going to be difficult. So let me just push through this week so I can get back on track. But it's something else when you're pushing, pushing, and pushing, and this has just become your regular way of working. Not interested. I feel like being a good steward over your health, being a good steward over yourself, also means making sure that you are in good standing, that you are where you're supposed to be. And even if this doesn't apply to you right now, this minute, I promise you, and when it does come up, you're going to remember this conversation. And you're going to be like, you know what? She was right. And I'm going to pop out from nowhere and be like, yup. And then I'm going to disappear and go back to wherever I was at. But I don't want to do this. There's no trophy for that. There's no, there's no reward for, for extending yourself to smithereens. There's no reward for that. Let life show you the proper pace because we have learned a really unhealthy way of doing it and I'm not interested I'm not interested anymore and so the good that I'm going to pull from a cootie contractions okay is something has to change and this was just my reminder I don't want to do this this is not yeah like life wasn't meant for you to just be tired all the time and beat up and pulled and mm -mm. like no those are not money bags under your eyes those are bags that's the indication of sleep deprivation are you drinking enough water are you taking your vitamins are you going outside and getting some of the sunlight because god gave these vitamins free you can go outside at any time and get you some um that makes the body feel better like what are you doing to make sure that you're good all the time and if you're checking more up on other people, uh, your workload, uh, anything else more than you, then you are out of balance. And the whole goal is to get back to a place of balance, cohesiveness. But this ain't it, Chief. I ain't, I'm not doing this again. You can forget about it. Sometimes it takes for, you know, and I'm just glancing at this verse here, the last verse that I wanted to read in Matthew 26, 44. It says, so he went up to pray a third time, talking about Jesus, saying the same things again, 45. Then he came to the disciples and said, go ahead and sleep, have your rest. But look, the time has come. The son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. 46, up, let's be going, look, my betrayer is here. I'm sure it probably would have felt a little better if he was being betrayed, but he had people around him that supported him. That probably would have felt a little better. I'm, I'm sure in his weakest hour, it would have felt better to have people surrounding him and strengthening him when he couldn't strengthen himself. But as this goes ahead and shows, um, people are not tuned in to how you feel all the time. And people are not in tune to what will make you feel the most supported and give you the best case scenario. Sometimes you got to just look at people and say, go ahead and go to sleep. 
<laughs> go ahead and do what you do and not let that make you look at people in any kind of way because we quick to be like, I don't like people. I'm over it. I'm a newborn introvert. We'll put all the things in place to be like, let me tell you how over it I am on God's creations. Okay. I'm over it. Like this clay that's walking around done. Okay. He need, I'm waiting for the new batch because I'm over it. Sometimes we have to be for ourselves where people are not. And we have to learn not to take that personally. So, I hope that from this, you get the chin check. Because even if not your own situation, I pray that you hear from the core of me that something has to change. How you've been operating is not the same, or it should not be the same. And that's my challenge to you. Do something different. The world is show, slowly showing us, yeah, so y'all got to do different, uh, yeah, the global warming, the all the, I mean, p- pick a, a world situation. And I feel like the bottom common denominator lesson is you have to do something different, which you've been doing. It's not working. It may have worked temporarily, but it's not going to work long term. That's my challenge to you. What in your life right now could use a little different pacing? Little bit less attention, a little bit more attention. Who needs to be a little further removed? Who do you just need to let be in your life? Stop trying to make sleepy people stay woke. You see what I'm saying? Who do you just need to be... Look at look at and be like, you know what? Do you, dog? I, I'm not. I'm not gonna try to get you to be wise anymore. I'm not gonna try to get beat any information into you. I'm not just like. Who do you need to just let rest? Maybe you would feel a lot more energized if you wasn't carrying the bulk of the weight on presenting and reminding reminding people how you would like for them to present in your life, that will probably free up a lot of energy for you. If I got to remind you to be sensitive to me, if I have to remind you to be considerate of me, if I have to remind you to do anything when it comes to me, then I have picked up the wrong priorities in my life because that's not one. Yeah, I'm I'm never going to go ahead and be okay with having a part-time job with reminding people to do for me what they never had to remind me to do for them. Point blank the period. That's pretty much how that's going to go for me. This conversation was a reminder. Something has to change. It just does. But listen, I feel like you got what you needed, okay? I am proud of myself for even getting on this phone and having this conversation with you, but it is nothing more therapeutic for me than to capture the moments of just realness, rawness, just get the the true, authentic situation and say, mm, because I'll be able to recall this and go, bro, I remember I remember, 
I remember being on the phone with you sweating, having an irregular body temperature, but knowing that I needed to get this out. If for nothing else, for my future self to be reminded, don't you dare walk back into the vicinity of any part of your life and just operate business as usual. That will be a disservice to what you are currently going through. And that's the reminder I wanted to set for myself, but more so the reminder that I wanted to share with you. So you know what these conversations are. They're life-provoking conversations, conversations that not everybody's going to have with you, okay? But who? Your favorite homegirl. I'm all over the place, scattered. I don't even know. Uh, yeah, I, I can't. Listen, pray for me, okay? Um, I don't want this cup. I don't want it. And anybody else want this cup? I don't want nobody else to have this cup either, to be honest with you. I'm, I ain't, ain't going to hold you. But I'm tired. I think I need a nap, and that's what I'm going to go ahead and do. So I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go, and we'll talk later. Okay? All right. Later.